What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to yet another pay-per-view point edition of the Smart Out Moment Smack Talk podcast. All the pay-per-view points are just rolling along here. We are now talking about WWE Payback 2023. That event is coming up this Saturday, so we are going to break down the card, preview all the matches, talk about our predictions for everything that's going down, and so on and so forth. I'm your host, as always, Tony Mango, and joining me, as always, are Robert E. Felice. This is the epitome of a B-show, guys. And Callum Wiggins. We're back. Now pay us. <laughs> this is not the most bombastic, craziest, awesome card that we have seen this year by any means. But maybe you disagree with us. Maybe you're super hyped for it. If you do uh, disagree with us, just the same as if you agree with us, drop your thoughts in the comments below. While you're over there on YouTube, hit the like button, make sure you're subscribed, click the join button, do all the good stuff that you would do to support us in whatever fashion you can. Pick up some merchandise over on the Redbubble and T Public side of things. And if you don't want to be on the YouTube channel membership, but you want to still take part of the dark cast and to pick your poison tier and all that, or even just a buck a month, head on over to the Patreon. It's another option for that. So let's start getting into this card and talk about what they figured is good enough. <laughs> it's, it's very, that's the impression that I'm getting. That's the impression that a lot of people are giving off as well is that WWE didn't necessarily want to do this and that they're like, it's, I don't know, do the rematch, do this again, do that again, throw a little gimmick into this to spice it up a little bit and call it a day. This feels very underwhelming despite the fact again, and we've said this for almost every pay-per-view and almost every show, there are extremely talented people on this show. And whether it's at the top of the card, like Rollins Nakamura, or it's a legend like Trish Stratus and Rey Mysterio, or, you know, people that are super hot right now in the scene, like an LA Knight, or, I mean, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and all, super duper talented people that will put on solid matches but my hype level is so low for it it feels like absolutely nothing is going to happen on this card except for maybe a potential title change on one match i'm not feeling super hyped what are you guys feeling generally speaking so we had said i had said this to you before we got on the air I think that this is the first real B-show of the year from this company. Because even a show like Chamber had Roman versus Sammy in Montreal. Even a show like Night of Champions had the crowning of a new world champion and Roman, you know, giving a win back in a way to Sammy. This show is legit like what you would have seen 10 years ago from like an over the limit or something where it's just this is not one of our bigger shows but it's a WWE event and we'll give you the best that we absolutely have right now unfortunately yeah they're not even doing that because one of the segments on this show is right now advertised as a talk show segment <laughs> yeah it's a bit of a um a fall from grace from some of the uh, recent WWE pay-per-views they've done. Um, sorry if my voice is a bit croaky. I was trying to shout over 80,000 people yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this weekend. So the uh, voice has gone a little bit. 
uh it might recover by the time uh we're reviewing this show uh because it definitely won't be sh- i definitely won't be shouting during this one um <laughs> in the yard could be shouting yeah. no no <laughs> don't do that <laughs> <laughs> no i wouldn't care enough um but uh yeah i i think that the the most damning indictment that i've already saved for this show is that nothing of this screams main event as outside of potentially the the um the tag title match and that's only because it's been the main event of every single episode of raw for the last <laughs> six months yep yeah. so 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 yeah um it, it doesn't feel like anything more hyped than a traditional tv show other than the, there's more titles being defended on it yeah and um we will talk a little bit about superstar spectacle next week but the fact that they are doing fuck all about that is kind of telling that maybe that isn't actually going to be a pay-per-view maybe they are going to treat that as just a hell show and it makes me think that maybe they didn't have plans for that and it all sort of got confused they just decided hey payback we're gonna toss that name in there you know kind of re-up the trademark rights it's still a conspiracy theory that i've got going on in my brain and that the plan was originally this superstar spectacle thing. And then that became something that was half-assed instead. But I really feel like what they should have done is something a little bit similar to what we're going to talk about when we get into two days from now, when we record our all out uh, pay-per-view point predictions that I feel like some of the matches from all in and some of the matches from all out are kind of like splitting the difference and then just filling in the rest of the card. I think that payback and superstar spectacle should theoretically be one pay-per-view that they actually wanted to build up. And we could have gotten some things that are pretty interesting. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be the most interested in the world about Enthusiare versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, but Hey, if they had been on TV for the past couple months, beating people up and destroying other tag teams, then that could have been a viable tag team title match. And Jinder Mahal wouldn't be striking me as somebody who could actually dethrone Seth Rollins. But when you look at Shinsuke Nakamura, they rushed the hell out of this. And he's definitely a filler opponent that's being fed to him. So it's not like it's that much different. The only difference being the match is going to be better because it's Nakamura. But overall, the card does feel to me very. I wouldn't even call it a B level thing because B implies that it's pretty much just as good, but just like one or two issues keeping it from being an A card. I think that this is kind of C minus, uh, maybe even D plus, depending on if your district is like somewhere a D is technically passing. We've had worse cards before in the past. Yes. If anybody's going to start comparing it to like the technical worst pay-per-views of all time, And I'm sure that some of these segments are going to deliver, but I highly, highly doubt that when we get to the end of the year awards, that we're going to remember anything that was going on on this pay-per-view. I could see this being one of those where down the line, when we get to talking about the best and the worst of the year, somebody, whether it's like, you know, any one of the three of us, like just just imagine like Rob will be like, wait, wait, what happened at payback again? And then we have to look up the card and you know what I mean? Unless but, a certain somebody cashes in his bullshit. Maybe that could happen. I don't think that that's going to be the case, though. Do you actually? Uh, be the case. Huh? Uh, do you think that that's going to play out? 
I think it's always a possibility from now until it happens because they could wake up one day like they did with Big E and just go, quick, say on Twitter that you're cashing in the briefcase because we need eyes on this show. I mean, technically, they have been setting up to a certain extent this idea that Rollins has a back injury. So if it's like, yeah, you've got a back injury and then you just got done doing a match, then yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to it. That would be something that would at least be interesting on this card, but I don't anticipate that's the case. Let's get into what we do anticipate here and there. Let's uh, let's talk about our promo segment that we're getting on this. Then we're going to have a Grayson Waller effect with Cody Rhodes. Now, you would be 100% correct in wondering whatever happened to that brand split <laughs> because WWE made a point of saying, look, we've gotten a little bit out of hand with the brand split. We've got people popping up on different shows, but we're going to do the draft. We're going to wait a little bit for the draft. Like, remember, there was that hesitation of like, why aren't you doing it now? You're just going to wait a couple of weeks. And then all the title situation was like, stupid with the raw and smackdown women's titles and so on and so forth and then we were basically told this is going to be a hard brand split and then that narrative shifted a little bit of i mean it's going to be a hard brand split but after the pay-per-view you got to wait a couple weeks and then after the pay-per-view certain people were still popping up on the other shows and they're like well there's a couple one or two little leftovers but you know let let it settle and it's going to be a hard brand split. We're firmly in the who fucking cares. Just put them on all the shows and shut up kind of territory here. Cody Rhodes has nothing at all that ties him to Grayson Waller. They have not been feuding. Waller did not get eliminated by Cody Rhodes in a match, like a Royal rumble or something where they're kind of doing the crossover like they would do before WrestleMania. There have not been, things that tie them in together like okay well Grayson Waller is looking to beat every single big star and he's beaten them all except for Cody Rhodes or that Cody had some kind of issue with Grayson Waller on Twitter nothing at all this is basically just we've got nothing for Cody and we don't want to figure out another feud for him so let's just have a promo this is we've got nothing well first of all stop it they're gonna do a match well, I mean, at least what it's advertised as is a promo. More than likely, it'll end up having Cody be like, oh, these people don't want to hear me talk. These people want to have us wrestle. Then they'll have a match or you know something. But it's, it's an indictment of two things. First of all, they got nothing for Cody. Second of all, <laughs> and they, they clearly like haven't Waller. since WrestleMania. <laughs> they, they like Grayson Waller. Yeah. A lot because he has interacted with the rock he's wrestled edge at madison square garden he's gonna wrestle cody they like him he's one to keep an eye on i do disagree with your statement that they've had nothing for cody since mania because they had brock it's that they had nothing for him besides brock that's why you saw him have a random match with dominic at money in the bank well he'll probably have a random match with grayson waller here i don't know i mean obviously if they do have a match cody will win It'll be a great chance for Waller to shine. I, I don't know where you go from here. You know, like, I don't know what's Cody Rhodes' arc. Or does he just say, 
Yeah, I'd like to take the, he could say it right here on the Great Smaller Effect. I'd like to take this time to announce that uh not challenging for anything until I win the Royal Rumble. I'm entering the Royal Rumble right now in September and I'll see you in January and then I'll see Roman at Mania because Cody's over as fuck and it's great, but I just don't know what we're doing here. Like I can't imagine that they're going to do anything like that because I think that they want to play into this game of like, well, we don't know what we're going to do with Cody. So any week we can shift gears and basically shut up until January. Like they, I don't know more and more. I get the impression that when they were settling on the winners for WrestleMania, that they thought it's great. We've got the bloodline headlining both nights. I have no idea what we're going to do afterward, but I don't fucking care. What are we doing for mania 40? And then they basically just had the Brock thing. And then they, they thought, well, we could get a, probably a couple months out of that. We'll, we'll fill them in with some other stuff. And then, Next thing you know, after SummerSlam, we're basically at May, uh, uh, Royal Rumble anyway, right? Despite, despite the fact that the calendar has many months in between there. But how many times have we said it on this podcast or uh, elsewhere? WWE books a lot of the year as, are you getting to the point where we can half-ass it to Mania? Or are we getting to the point where we can half-ass it after Mania? I do expect a match and I expect Cody to win and I don't expect it to go anywhere. I don't think that there's going to be any follow-up for this whatsoever. And he's going to well, just wrestle on different shows, right? Well, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be, be no anyway, problem. but I mean, I think he's going to have a completely random match at superstar spectacle, which may or may not be advertised. The, uh, I mean, uh, televised and then it's fast lane October 7th. And then we still don't know what's going on with like crown jewel or whatever. And then survivor series. And then it's where rumble. So he starts up another feud with somebody in September that leads to something, a fast lane. Maybe they've got somebody planned for him to fight at crown jewel. That would be kind of interesting, but I sort of doubt it. Survivor series. He's on team, whatever. If it's a war games match, he's on some team against the bloodline or something. And if it's team raw versus team SmackDown, then he's on team raw. And that's where rumble. I think that they really ultimately don't care. He's just going to have matches with the judgment day in the meantime or something. Well, yeah, just to quickly fix your theory. Um, the war games, if there is a war games, it's against judgment day because there is no bloodline. I mean, I could still see them bringing them back but stop it <laughs> it would probably would be a thing against judgment day if they do the war games thing but yeah this is uh this is very low effort and well we want cody on the card but we don't have anything for him <laughs> what would you do with this uh callum if you had like the booking power to fill in the blank between now and mania for cody is there anything that they can really do that's substantial remotely interesting um I mean, I'm assuming, I'm assuming there are people that he hasn't fought yet. He could um, have a feud with Nakamura afterward, but think how do you get to there, or do you really want to milk that for th- three months? I suppose he could go off to Gunter in the Intercontinental Championship in the meantime. 
Um, he would have to, well, you say he would have to lose. Gunter's getting, well, he's not on the show, but he's going to be past the point soon of having the record. So at that point, he can lose the title. So you could just have Cody becoming a Connell champion, win the Royal Rumble, and then fight Roman. Not title for title in the same way as the um, the Ultimate Warrior and Hogan thing, but he could lose the title on the road to um, WrestleMania, like have do the thing that they did with um, Cena and JBL, where Cena was the United States champion, and so he lost it to uh, JBL's understudy, Orlando Jordan, so you just have Roman get involved and Solo Sakaa wins the Intercontinental title from Cody in the build-up to that. And then Cody wins the title at WrestleMania. That's probably the only interesting thing that he could do. I like it. I still am thinking that the Gunther feud should happen for the title afterward to, you know, kind of do something along those lines. But man, they're really working with uh with not a whole lot of options here. <laughs> um Technically speaking, this is just a promo, but of course, if we are going with, uh, how are you going to do this when it comes to the fantasy league, uh, Callum, are you going to go with the idea that we have a match that we predict or. I mean, there's no harm in predicting the match. If we predict the match and say it's going to, and it doesn't happen, then it's just a non boy prediction. Yeah. So So I'll go Cody then. Well, yeah, Cody's going to win if there's a match. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. So another cross-branded feud that is happening right now is LA Knight against The Miz. This one I do have a lot more interest in because they've done a lot better job of actually having some fun segments. I really liked The Miz's impersonation on Raw this week where he came out doing the LA Knight shtick and kind of a way that he did with The Rock however many years ago it was. I thought it was spot on, thought it was really good putting these two together makes sense as far as their characters and all again it is a raw and smackdown feud so that's a little bit weird but wwe's answer would be shut your fucking mouth you know what i mean that's what it basically is for a lot of those but i don't think that the match is going to be some match of the year candidate i'll say that but i do think that this is a step in the right direction for pushing la night it's not a title it's not a world title shot or anything but he gets a win on the pay-per-view again. That's cool. LA Knight wins. Yeah. There's no harm in him winning. There's no harm in him losing. I'm glad everybody likes LA Knight. This, this is just a match for me. I mean, not saying that I don't like LA Knight. I'm just saying, yeah, this, this one feels like it could have happened on any weekly television show and likely will. Over the next three months. Yeah, I'm not going to be looking forward to this one in particular. LA Knight has definitely got himself super over for his character work and promo ability. He's he's solid in the ring, but he's nothing special. Miz is like average in the ring, certainly nothing special. And uh, yeah, they're just going to have a really bog standard TV match on a show, which at the end of the day, we're not paying for because we already have the subscription services anyway, so they can kind of justify putting on, like, low-efforts crap like this on the show. At least they have at least gone to the effort of trying to build a feud between these two, but as I say, then the bell has to ring, and that's going to be 
a nothing match, which nobody will remember pretty much the day afterwards. I feel the same about Rey Mysterio defending the United States title against Austin Theory. I don't know why they gave this title to Ray to begin with, but I certainly don't have any real faith that this is going to matter whatsoever. Austin Theory is not winning that belt back, or if he is, why did you take the title off of him just to give it right back to him? It's the, to use the phrase low effort again on this, which is you know kind of a running theme for this pay-per-view, the bare minimum low effort type of match that you can get. Guy tries to fight for his title back and fails. We got an extra couple weeks out of this feud. Ray wins and everybody forgets about it and it's a complete waste of time. (laughs) I'm not going to say all that because I do quite frankly want them to start putting more of these matches on the pay-per-views like Gunther and Chad Gable could have been on this show. Yes, I also agree that there needs to be stuff for TV, but I think you can do it up both. Um, Austin Theory sucks. Austin Theory beat John Cena. And John Cena's prophetic words came true. Unless, I take that back, John Cena is working two months of SmackDown, unless you give it to Theory, Cena can whoop his ass. I'll I'll take that. I want to see John Cena whoop Austin Theory's ass. The John Cena SmackDown thing is a curious situation. I don't know if they just have him available because of the strike going on and they're like, let's just book you for a few weeks. We'll figure it all out day by day. But I wouldn't be opposed to the idea of Theory winning it back if he drops it to John Cena and Cena's got a United States title run for a month. Yeah, and then he can do like open challenges and just have fun. And then drop it to Grayson Waller. Grayson Waller, yeah. Like I would be fine with that, but then I would also go, why did you put the title on Ray then? You know, (laughs) and people would be like, oh, because it's Ray. Shut up. I think the big big question after all of this is what happened to Santos Escobar? Yeah, he really is the one screwed more out of this, because if they did just want to have theory win the title back, Escobar winning the United States title would have made more sense either, you know. That's where I thought they were going. That Ray wins and then he'll eventually drop it to Santos. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, you want to try to figure out a way to make this more interesting. Pretty easy to do. You could have had like, well, Escobar technically won that match. He should have been the number one contender. Let's make this a triple threat. And then you got Ray and Escobar against each other in this match there's the possibility that their communication breaks down maybe they end up having a feud afterward maybe theory pins escobar so ray mysterio loses the belt and that causes tension maybe escobar pins theory and ray's like well you didn't beat me for the title like there could be some options there instead it's just ray against theory and more than likely they have the same match that they had on smackdown and then ray pins them and then that's the end of it do we think that, uh, I know, look, we all think Ray is winning, right? I don't think it's as cut and dry as that. And, and I, the, the I think under my head the, I would go with Ray. The potential of Escobar coming in and screwing Ray Mysterio is just, you know, that's just something that they could do at any point now. 
Yeah, but it's I, like, just, I think if you're going to do the match and if Esquire is going to get the win, get the win for the belt. Um, yeah. Yeah, but they don't follow logic like that. Yeah, you're right. Well, sometimes they fly in the face of it. <laughs> you know? So I think that if there's a potential that there's a like Escobar turns on Mysterio and Fury wins the title back, even though it would make very little sense. But I mean, my prediction would end up going to Rey Mysterio, but um, I don't, yeah, you know, I, I don't think it's as like easy to predict. Also, like the fact that we cared so much about LA Knight and Miz that we didn't even say what our predictions were for that match. Oh, we all said LA Knight, didn't we? Well, actually, we're all, we're all thinking that, but I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I didn't say it. Oh, we didn't do like a round out kind of thing, but yeah, all all three, all I know, right? <laughs> yeah. I thought it was implied that we were all going with LA Knight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean the um, the John Cena. It's funny enough to be like the John Cena thing is the most interesting thing about this, whereas he's not in the slightest bit on this card. There's nothing that indicates that he would have to go for the United States title, but it's like the hinge of this is whether they have something planned for Cena in a few weeks. Something fun with John Cena. Yeah. Yeah. But well, if if they've got something fun planned with John Cena, then why would theory be involved in it at all? (laughs) Maybe they have something of substance planned for Cena. Whether that substance is good or bad, I'll let you decide. (laughs) But like two months on TV, I'm hoping he has some kind of a program. And the United States title thing was something that he hovered around quite a bit. He's got that open challenge idea where you can get people to clearly from Raw to come over and have those matches with Cena. It doesn't seem like they would have Cena up against Roman Reigns because Roman Reigns is just completely checked out. So there goes that idea. But hey, we can get Cena for a couple of weeks. So that means we can ignore the Roman thing even more. I mean, we are going to get Jimmy Uso returning i fucking hate how much they're like man this person's returning to smackdown they're milking that like crazy this year of like the same graphic of roman reigns returns to smackdown but now it's like jimmy uso returns who fucking cares jimmy uso's there every single week so he took two weeks off oh my god he returns like he's been gone for three and a half years and he's coming back or something you made less of a uh a buzz about there. fucking Christian coming back from TNA, then you know <laughs> it's the Roman Christian. thing really made them bastardize the word return. He'll be gone for a week, and they're like, next week Roman Reigns returns. Ah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hate that. Um, that's what I was gonna say before. Was do we think this is gonna lead to any like another match added to payback? From Solo Jimmy. versus Jimmy Uso. I mean, the way that they are positioning this, Roman's been completely gone these past couple weeks. Solo, I guess, doesn't do anything unless it's involved in the bloodline. I don't know why they can't just have him in a match for the sake of it. Jay, quote unquote, quit. And Jimmy is not here. So that way we can hype up that he's going to return. I mean, they're just waiting to do stuff so it doesn't strike me like they're going to have jimmy do some return thing and for that matter i'm gonna skip it i'm just gonna say it already like there's no way i'm gonna watch this promo of jimmy being like 
let's look back on the way that I talked the last time about how I didn't want to screw my brother for the bad reasons. I did it for good reasons. And then I'm going to repeat it again because that's all he's going to do. I don't think that that's going to end with Jay coming back out and attacking him and then them being like, all right, it's Jimmy versus Jay at the pay-per-view or something. I think no, that- I don't think it's Jimmy versus Jay. I think, I think it's- this card is missing some bloodline. What I'm saying. Every like you think it could be Solo? Even if it's just Jimmy versus Solo, this card is missing the bloodline, and that makes it feel even more like the B show. And I think just do something. And I know that things got a little, you know, mixed because Jimmy was supposed to return last week, but unfortunately Bray Wyatt passed away. So that changed plans. But I, I just... I want to see some kind of progression there. And before you say, oh, well, why? It's all the same thing. Because the longer you wait without progression, the more you're just dragging out the same story beat that it's going to be. So I just want to see it happen quicker. Do you think we're getting any kind of bloodline thing, Callum? Or do you think that they're going to just move on past that? Um, I don't. I don't think there's gonna be that much progression with it until uh, we get some resolution with what Jay's doing, and if he's apparently away for the time being, or he's he's decided to leave for a while, then I don't think there's gonna be that much progression with Jimmy and uh, uh, Roman and Solo in the meantime. Do you guys think that they are trying to figure out or? <laughs> Let's put it this way. Best case scenario, do you think that they're putting in the effort to try to figure out how to do this? Worst case scenario, they're like, we're just going to ignore it until the calendar says it. Do you think they're waiting to do Jimmy versus Jay at WrestleMania and they're just like, fuck, man, why has it got to be August? Can't it be February already? I do think they're waiting to do Jimmy and Jay at WrestleMania. I don't think you know, we joke about it a lot on this show. I don't think that they just sit there and go, eh. I do think that there's like some bit of structure put into what they do. I just don't think that they have enough to get through all these weeks of TV. But I, I think the next big thing they're waiting for is. Okay, do we do the four-way at Survivor Series? When are we doing the four-way? Because I think that's the next big story. I mean, Solo would have to turn, which they haven't really been playing too much into. I don't think that that would be at Fastlane. I'll say that. I think that that happens at Crown Jewel, if it happens at all. Survivor Series, probably they'll just bank on the Team Raw versus Team SmackDown stuff, or the Judgment Day War Games thing, or... You know, some kind of other element like that. I do think that there's also a good chance that we get Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins at Survivor Series. So that'll fill in the blank for that. If we get the four-way, it's going to happen. Or the three-way, even. They could just have Jimmy versus Jay versus Roman and Solos on the outside. I think that that would be at uh, at Crown Jewel, which I, I think, think the entire is crux of like November, something or other. November 4th, maybe. 
Well, they haven't announced it yet, have they? No, but I mean, it should be around that time frame because Survivor Series is November 25th and Fastlane's October 7th. So it's either around the time that they would do like Halloween Havoc or it would be like the next week, like the 4th or something. But again, they haven't announced that. We don't even know what they're doing with Superstar Spectacles. (laughs) Well, they decided that Bloodline doesn't matter for this pay-per-view, at least right now, but that they've got since it's in Pittsburgh, we've got two things that are based off of steel. We have a steel cage match and a steel city street fight. Let's talk about the steel cage match first. This is Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus. And if you heard us talking about dragging thing, uh, stories out and, you know, not having enough momentum to really keep it going and then just sort of waiting. And then now this week, this person cuts a promo. And then the next week, the person cuts a promo about how they cut the promo. And then they show you the recap of the promo. So then suddenly you're like, did 20 minutes just go by and we didn't actually do anything. That's the Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus feud. That's basically been happening since pre mania. And I am so beyond sick and tired of this feud. I've not cared about it for, long enough that I forget when I stopped caring about it, but this has to go one way. And if it goes any other way, I think that they need to look at their writing team and their production team and really think twice about how they're doing their jobs. This has to be Zoe Stark tries to interfere because it's a cage match. And I know the whole point of the cage match is to keep people out, but they, every single match the person interferes anyway and lita comes out stops zoe becky beats trish that feud is done it has to go that way i don't expect lita at this point but i do expect becky lynch to win it has been a bit drawn out but I think everybody at this point has said as much as you can say. So what do you do? I think it should still be fun, but I think we'll all be glad to see it end. Becky Lynch wins. Yeah, Becky needs to beat uh, Trish Stratus pretty, I don't say comprehensively, but just hopefully they can just have a good match to round this off is really the the ball that I'm setting for this now, which just hopefully it's a it's a decent enough match because the last match they had was not good at all. And so I'm just, uh, yeah, just want to see them put something good together here, maybe get like a bit aggressive with it, of course, with the restrictions of no blood, no like serious violence or anything like that. Yeah, Zoe will probably get involved, Trish, uh, uh, Mick, uh, Becky, bites them all <laughs> off, and then, and, then, uh, and then wins. Yeah, because she needs to move on to whatever's coming after this whatever that might be. Which that is something that I don't really know what their plan would be. I mean, the women's division is kind of a little bit up in the air for both raw and SmackDown, not even talking about the AEW side of it, but they're sort of treading water with a lot of people in those different feuds and everything. So it doesn't strike me as like, okay, well immediately after that, Becky's going to start a feud with Shanna Baszler, who we haven't seen in a few weeks, or that Becky's going to get a tag team and they're going to go against uh, Chelsea Green and Piper Niven or anything that 
kind of seems like maybe they don't have any plans for what to follow up with either here, but I don't know. I mean, maybe they do and we just don't know, but talking about the women's division, let's talk about Rhea Ripley versus Raquel Rodriguez. That is happening because they had been waiting for a while on that. I don't know if there was really an actual injury that was keeping Raquel on the sidelines or if that was just their means to try to get an extra couple weeks out of it and just play up the idea that she was injured and all. But if this were a bigger show like SummerSlam or WrestleMania or if Rhea Ripley had defended her title more often and then this was kind of more of a transitional period, then I would think that Raquel had at least a little bit of a shot. But as it stands, no chance. Rhea Ripley is keeping that belt until she drops it to Becky Lynch, I think, at WrestleMania. And in the meantime, she has her feud with Raquel, who is not being positioned as being ready for that kind of responsibility. And she'll probably go back down to the tag team division and win another 14 belts and then, you know, go through every single possible tag team that she can get because she's already had like six different tag team members. And then, uh, you know, come WrestleMania, she'll be in another tag team match or something. I I don't feel like this is as big as it could have potentially gotten because I don't think that they've positioned Raquel in a spot where she seems as viable of a contender. So Rhea Ripley retains. They have a solid enough match back and forth between the idea of Raquel being one of the taller women on the roster. So she can kind of stand toe to toe with Rhea and it seems like it makes sense, but nah, mommy's retaining. Yeah, I guess I'll just echo a lot of those statements. I think that they'll try and do something a bit more unique or special with this match because Rhea and Raquel are really good friends behind the scenes, so they'll probably try and put something together that's a bit more epic about that, which is kind of making me lean towards if Rhea doesn't just try out retain, which is probably the most likely outcome, it's going to be some kind of double count out or double DQ or something that will mean that Raquel gets another opportunity pretty soon afterwards and to drag this out a little bit longer. So, I mean, part of me wants to just go with that kind of approach because I just don't think they're just going to do like a one-and-done thing here because there's still a long way to go before Becky's likely challenging for the title. They'll probably be involved in some kind of um, women's... More games Survivor Series match, whatever you want to go, however approach they're going to take with that. So there might be some involvement there. And that's how you transition from Raquel challenging for the title to Becky challenging for the title down the road. But yeah, for now, all I know is that Rhea is not dropping the title here. And so I'll just go Rhea for the time being. But I could definitely see some kind of screwy finish being the, the outcome of this. I could see that. And then they do the match repeat at fast lane so then the next couple of weeks or raquel trying to get another number one contender spot or trying to like hey well we're gonna have a gimmick match at fast lane that's gonna be last woman standing or something i can see that being the case this would mean so much more if they had done anything with raquel rodriguez outside of she's got a back 
hey, she's got it back. Like what? Uh, I know we've been dreadfully negative on this podcast, but like you guys said it already. It's it's the Rhea Ripley show right now. She's barely doing anything with that fucking title. It's the Rhea Ripley show. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm glad that they made it look like somebody could beat her up. That's only because, like Callum said, Raquel's her friend. Um, Rhea Ripley wins. Yeah, I'm curious what the betting odds are for some of these matches where it's like the overwhelming favorites and all. But I will say that there are some doubts in my mind as far as the Steel City Street Fight for the Undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are going up against the Judgment Days, Damian Priest and Finn Balor. And I would be so much more interested in this if it was Judgment Day having Finn Balor and J.D. McDonough because I think that that has more of a chance that they would win those belts, but we've already had Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn advertised as fighting and do share that superstar yep. spectacle. Yep. So already that just points in one direction, but we've had the same story with Damian priest and Finn Balor for at least three months, right? It's been like three months since Money in the Bank. Well, the prior to Money in the Bank, actually, it started before Money in the Bank had even uh, 100% gone down. So that was July 1st. Wow. Time seems like it's going a lot. Uh, it's crazier. It seems like that was long ago. Um, they do the same thing over and over. It's Priest and Balor keep arguing with each other, and it leads to miscommunication, and then they lose. And Priest on his own can win matches, but if Balor's involved, or vice versa, then they don't get the job done. So whether it's J.D. McDonough gets involved here and that leads to the miscommunication, or it's just the two of them, you know, Balor tags himself in and Priest is like, what are you doing? I had the match done and all this. It's going to end up with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn retain. For sure. I... We all hate tag team split scenarios as portrayed by WWE, yes? Like, these stories suck. If they can do it well and they don't do it as often as they do, it's great. But WWE uses that as a crutch to the point that they put tag teams together solely because they want to split them up. And then... Which is kind of what I'm feeling here. Like... This group is on fire right now. There's no reason they should be fighting. They're owning Monday Night Raw. Like, what are you mad at? Like, I, I don't get it. If you anything, mean you're not uh, you're not loving that every week Rhea Ripley says, hey, you two keep fighting, and we keep saying that we run Monday Night Raw, but we can't keep saying that if you guys keep fighting, and I'm doing my job, and Dominic's doing his job, you two need to settle your shit. And then next week so she says the same the only, thing. That leads me to the only logical ending here. They lose here. And Damien Priest cashes in on Rollins with JD McDonough's help. And the swerve is that they get rid of Balor. Right? Like if Balor's the loser, oh, aren't we getting rid of Balor? No, like, I mean... Isn't it gonna uh, 
didn't um judgment day already set a tune when balor was the loser and they brought him in and got edge out of the way okay okay yes yes <laughs> they were like hey we want that fucking loser <laughs> but we've learned from our mistakes <laughs> Um, See, this is the type of shit WWE's like. God damn it! Why do you remember that? Oh, because I'm not an idiot. That's why. <laughs> well, I'll never forget that because that was just one of the dumbest things I've ever yeah, seen. So stupid. But you know, in spite of that, they have had a really fun run, and this should be the best match in the show by far. Uh, Zayn and Owens have had a crappy run, in spite of the fact that. They've had a great year, and when you look at the highlights of this run, you'll go, wow, that was such a great time in wrestling. But like, when you look at it through a microscope, it's not that good. And I hope that they eventually win. I hope they keep winning. I hope they genuinely... I hope the same way that Owens was like, I want to move on from the bloodline, that he comes out on Monday and goes, we're moving on from Judgment Day. I'm, do- I'm done with this. And then eventually you get... Champa and Gargano against those two because of fantasy booking, what I would like to see at that point, but yeah. Basically, my, my rambling is, I, I think this Judgment Day storyline sucks. I wish there was something better for Dan and Owens. I think they should win here, but I don't think Damian Priest is leaving the pay-per-view without it. Hmm. I think that I think it's probably about time to switch the tag titles to another team. So I think that um, Balor and Priest are going to win the win the titles here. I, I I don't see the the logic that they have been going with the the constant teases of them splitting up and the mistakes they're accosting each other. I think this is probably well. I think they do it because eventually that's where it's going to go, and they like to tease these things before resetting back to normal. I think this will just be one of those resets where they win the titles here, potentially with Jamie McDonough's help, but who knows? And then they get the gold, and they get to come out next week and say, "Oh, we're the, we've got so much gold now," and maybe officially welcome Jamie McDonough into the group, and you go from there, and then you can have them as champions for a few months before, like they lose it and that then leads to more fractures and potentially like someone leaving the group. So I think, I think that they'll probably transition the titles onto those two now. I think that Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, probably the fact they've both recently been injured probably doesn't help matters too much in terms of making it realistic for them to keep hold of the titles for much longer. They probably could do with, I don't say like time off, but it probably doesn't, build a huge amount of confidence that they haven't been able to do anything for the last month or so because of Kevin Owens being injured. So they'll switch it over. And yeah, it wouldn't have been a particularly fun reign beyond the initial tag title win at WrestleMania because they haven't really done much except feud with the same people over and over and over again, which is realistically been the Judgment Day and the Usos. So yeah, not a particularly like exciting way to wrap it up but that's where i just think it's going to go i think the street fighter thing just lends itself more to some a, a group that has two and potentially three people on the outside will wait to interfere this isn't 100 percent related but it's tangentially related you guys think that the end goal for this um 
Drew McIntyre and uh, Matt Riddle thing is going to end up being? Is it just as simple as they're going to team for however many weeks until they reach a point where they can actually move on to the next feud that they have planned for Drew McIntyre, and then he turns heel and fights Seth Rollins at Crown Jewel or something, and then that's it? Or do you think that we're getting something a little bit deeper? I think... So a friend of mine messaged me when he saw a promo with... um with McIntyre and Riddle, and he said, God, Drew McIntyre looks like he wants out of there so bad. Mm. And I'm beginning to actually buy that. Or maybe they're just just doing whatever. But I guess we'll see. He didn't sign a new contract, right? I don't think so. Do we know when that's supposed to be up? No. And it would, yes, sometime in early 2024. I think maybe after Mania. Hmm. I have to. I have to check with. Uh, I believe Fightful did have something, but I'd have to check. But um, no, I, uh, oh, go ahead. Okay. I was like, I, I'm just going to use my stock answer. I can't say I'm particularly like caring of what direction that goes. Like, you know. Back into I turn heel if you are if he is on the way out and then just feud with a couple of people on the way there, but it's just like yeah, I don't really anything that involves Matt Riddle at the moment just doesn't interest me at all. So hmm. and I think that we only have one match uh one uh, more thing I was gonna say was I'm glad that this is at least a still city street fight because that makes it more yeah, interesting. Yeah, it, add, it adds you a know. level of interest. Yeah, and intrigue. That way they can do something where McDonough gets involved and then it's some kind of miscommunication and then you know, somebody gets hit with a chair or something. I don't know. Maybe Drew McIntyre will throw a chair at somebody again. Um, but that means we only have one more match to talk about, which is the main event. And hey, look at that. When you don't have Roman Reigns on your card and it's a B-level pay-per-view and you've got a B-level main event match like this, you're in the main event. Hey, congrats, uh, Seth Rollins and the World Heavyweight <laughs> Championship that isn't the uh, you know the C level world title. <laughs> have they confirmed that this is the main event? They have not. They have not confirmed well, yeah, this, it, this but is, yes, this is the main event. The tag title match will be the main event. You think so? Shit, I think the cage but, match could be the main event. Yeah, I mean the other two have gimmicks attached to them. This is a feud that's been going on for three weeks. I'm assuming that it's going to be Rollins Nakamura just because it's the world title and they haven't had a chance to main event yet. This will be that, their like, see, is in the main event. Okay, so. This one's actually really fun. The promos for Nakamura are fun. I like this. I like everything about this, except for the fact that it's, for me, unless you drastically shift course, too little too late for Nakamura and WWE. In a lot of ways, I agree, because I like that they're shifting Nakamura to be more serious. And I think that he and Rollins are going to have a good enough match. Like that's, I trust that those two are going to have a good match just because they're talented people, but they are hitting the fast forward button on this. And it really feels to me like they went post SummerSlam. They went, uh, Nakamura after looking at the roster and just went him. 
feed him to Rollins, and then maybe they get another couple weeks out of this and do another rematch with a gimmick at Fastlane if they don't do that for the Rhea Ripley thing. Or they might do it for both. I mean, nothing stopping them from doing two of the same thing. But it does feel very back up, back up, back up, kind of like, you know, like I just said, Rollins is only potentially going to main event because Roman's not on the card. So the consolation prize championship gets the spotlight and everything because he's gone. And then you need somebody to have him up against. And then that's where you slot in somebody like a Nakamura. And that's where, when they do the press conference afterward or something, triple H and whatever will end up being like, yeah, we've always thought that Nakamura was great. You know, I mean, he just put on a great match, whatever. And we'd love to see him do more work in the future. And this is just a testament to how, when you're in Bro. WWE, you never know that, you know, the uh, you could get another title shot right down the line. And who knows? Maybe he will be champion. When the narrative Bro, really I is. I hope they don't do a fuck it. First of all, they're not going to do a press conference after this. Eh, like, they might. No. I don't know. But I mean. And second of all, that's even too much, I think, of wishful thinking on your part. They know how good Nakamura is. They're not going to put him in this position unless it's a situation exactly like this. He's. Unfortunately, a guy they look at to fill in the blank. They did it with AJ. Mm-hmm. AJ can have a good match with him, and they're doing it with Rollins because Rollins can have a good match with him. I think this is more effective than AJ for me because instead of saying no speak English, mm-hmm. he's just cutting promos in Japanese where he's like, I want to be the reason you can't walk your daughter down the aisle when you're older. I think that that's awesome. Really effective and really good. And I wish that he was always presented as a ruthless killer. Yeah. Rollins is going to retain. <laughs> Not much to add to that, apart from the fact that, yeah, I thought that this has been actually well-built for a feud that's only been going for, like, less than a month. They've done pretty much all they could do to make this feel um, unique and a real challenge for Rollins in exploiting his back injury, which I assume will be a big, uh, a big uh, device throughout the entire match of Nakamura targeting the back. And... Yeah, as I, I think this has been well done, but it's hurt by the fact that you spent the last, well, I don't know how how many years, but five plus years treating Nakamura like a bit of a, a joke or not. Um, I'd say that they've tried every now and again, but they haven't given him consistently strong enough booking. Like he, I don't know, like, was it like a couple of weeks ago on Raw, he lost to Bronson Reed. Now mm-hmm. he's challenging for the world title. It's like, yeah, you haven't done a consistent enough job with this to make it feel like he's a legitimate challenge of the title. So, yeah, Rollins will end up retaining, but hopefully it's a, a good match at the very least. And then Rob thinks think- that the money in the bank is going to come into play after this. You still think that that's the case? I, uh, I wouldn't put money on it, no pun intended, but... I think it's a possibility, especially if this closes the show. I'll put it to you like this. If the tag opens the show and they lose, then yeah, I think that there's a good chance that just to do something... Because again, this show has no bloodline. They're relying on the Judgment Day right now to be the bloodline. And what better way to make this a memorable show than, hey, even if it's a B-pay-per-view... You'll always remember when Damian Priest cashed in Money in the Bank. 
I'm going to go on record of saying Rollins retains in the main event and they just go off the air with, wasn't that a great match? See you later, everybody. I'll say Rollins retains in the main event and there's another tease, but ultimately Priest doesn't go through. No, Rollins retains and this is probably third from the top of the card. We then closes uh, a street fight tag team match here. Hmm. Well, we'll see on Saturday when they end up actually going through with this. And, you know, of course, we'll be having our coverage on smartgunmoment.com. We'll also be doing our pay-per-view point post show immediately following the pay-per-view. So we'll round out that side of it with a review of everything, talk about the match outcomes and where we think things are going in the future for Superstar Spectacle, if they do count that, or at least with the build towards Fastlane for October 7th. And this isn't the only pay-per-view that we're going to be talking about this week, because the next episode, we're going to be talking about the all-out pay-per-view and running down that card, giving our predictions for that. CM Punk. Talking a lot about the CM Punk thing. Who won't be on the card? Yep. And we're going to wait until after Dynamite is done. We're going to do that on Thursday. So that way we get a clarification about more of the matches because they are missing about half the card at this point. So they really need to just have Excalibur take a real deep breath and just go, and this match has been added and this match has been added and this match has been added. But we'll talk about that on Thursday. We'll have another round of the hot tags on Friday. That way, we'll also talk about whatever happens with NXT in the build towards uh, No Mercy because we've got a Fatal 4-Way number one contenders match for the women's title, and we got Tiffany Stratton is somehow getting involved in Becky Lynch's business now, so maybe that's going to carry on with what do they do in the meantime with Becky Lynch. I don't know. That's kind of confusing. <laughs> and, um, you know, then the pay-per-view stuff Saturday and Sunday. Another loaded weekend for that. But we hope we that like, you we got at least three more of these. Yeah, it seems like that's going to be the case. And then we're going to end up getting that again next year. But we hope you enjoyed this. We hope that you will stick around and this whole loaded week with us uh, for all the other things we're talking about. If you are, make sure that you are following us at Smartout Moment and you're checking out everything else that's happening on SmartOutMoment.com as well as going over to FanboysAnonymous.com and seeing all the things on the blue brand subscribing to that YouTube channel, hitting up the Patreon for that, so on and so forth. Mentioned a million times by now, but the Blueprint Project is over on the Fanboys Anonymous side of it, so if you're interested in those things. And, you know, who knows the next time I'm going to be talking about that stuff, but I've been working a little bit on some Spider-Man stuff, been working a little bit on some Superman content here and there, and some Star Wars stuff. So, I don't know, maybe I'll come around to doing some of that pretty soon. Show your support for that, though, by passing all the spare change you have in your wallet over to the fanboys anonymous side of it because if you water the branches and the roots for a mango tree on one side you're helping out the other side too to go to a mango tree.com you will see links to all sorts of different accounts including my letterboxd and my facebook and twitter and my personal accounts at tony mango yep follow me everywhere at dude fleece check out fightful check out Wrestle Zone. Uh, Sean Ross Sapp has a bunch of stuff up on the big news in the world of wrestling. Check out Fightful Select. But also, check out what Cal Miggins got going on. 
You can follow me on Twitter at Wigmeister14. Check out the Power Rankings every uh, Saturday. I run SmallCamera.com where I rank the WWE superstars based on their previous performances in the course of the week. And then you can also find the Fantasy League there as well at www.fantasyleague.com, which will have ramifications following payback. So based on our predictions for this, which I think we're all pretty much, well, there may be a few changes, I think, for a lot of these ones because it's so predictable. A lot of the ones will be going the same. So it might all come down to this uh, uh, predicting how long whatever the main event is will go. But I think that, uh, yeah, that will have some ramifications into who can do what for their teams, who can make any further updates or changes switch things around here and there so yeah stay tuned for what happens following the uh, payback post show all right everybody that's going to do us in for this edition thanks as always for listening hit that like button if you enjoyed this and make sure you are subscribed and you ring that little notification bell for those email alerts on the pay-per-view point post show side of it we'll see you next time with the all out predictions but for now this has been another smart out moment And we are being counted out.